Hey, my name is Amy and I work at Lowe's. Summer's not over yet and grilling season is still going strong. Luckily, Lowe's has low prices on items across the store. Right now, stop by and get a Grillmaster 3-burner gas grill for just $169 or a Master Forge 2-burner patio grill for only $199. Then cool things off with a 50-foot Never Kink water hose, now just $26.98. Find these and more everyday low prices right now at Lowe's. Lowe's, let's build something together. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host Ilya Nabatovsky, and now on with the show. Welcome, everyone. This is Dream Reality, New Earth Radio, and I am Dr. Dream. And it is an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here this evening, and my co-host is here with me. Yes, and I am Ilya Nabukovsky. So great to be here with you another week, Dr. Dream. I love it, Ilya. Now, no one actually knows what just happened except you and me. Is that right? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. Um. <laughs> I may be the only one that knows what just happened. Sorry, I did not unmute you at the time I normally would. Um, and now everyone knows that. So um, I could have been all, like, um, stealthy with it, but didn't work out that way. Well, Ilya, how are you? I am doing Fantastic, as always, and it's been such uh, an amazing week. Things are moving so fast, and, you know, if we thought time was moving fast before, let me tell you, time seems like it is just zooming now. I love that about time. <laughs> right? <laughs> How about you, Dr. Green? What's What's been doing your neck of the woods? Oh, my goodness. You know, last week I started the um, a Living Foods Detox with uh, Jenny Ross over at 118 Degrees here in um, Costa Mesa in Orange County, California. And, um, wow, it has, it has rocked my world. Um, her food is amazing. I mean, I get seven breakfasts, seven lunches, seven dinners, and seven desserts each week. They supply everything. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's kind of thrown me a little bit. I'm like, wow, I've, I've fasted. I've done, you know, like a, the, um, master cleanse for two weeks and this and that, but this one is really, is really something. So I'm excited about it. Of course, I decide to do this major detox cleanse right before Burning Man when based on years past, I have as much as I could possibly handle on my plate. What do I decide to do but go and detox? Anyway, um, 
it's been amazing, and it is you know we did that um, we did a, a great broadcast with uh, with Jenny Ross, and ever since that broadcast, um, we've been making some big plans. We're going to have several events and programs we're introducing, and um, I'm I'm pretty much um, sort of jockeying for a position as the poster boy for um, the 118 degrees living foods lifestyle. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh yeah, you were telling me about the event that you had that you have planning together, um, and it just sounds incredible. Um, you know, based on what the raw foods movement is doing and based on what, you know, uh the spiritual movement is doing and how the two are just converging, um, it's a beautiful nexus and um yeah, I could only see amazing things uh blossoming from it. I'm just gonna tease people just a little bit about um, this particular event with um, with 118 degrees and dream the biggest dream, we have an amazing, incredible mansion um, here in Orange County for December the third, and somewhere between 120 and 200 people will converge on this mansion, and we will be providing an experiential evening touching on body, mind, and spirit. And I, I will tell you that Peter Sterling has committed to be a part of the uh, musical offering, the world-renowned harpist. Um, I had a phone call today with Dream Rockwell of Lucent Dossier. Um, I'm sure that they will be performing the this mansion is incredible. I mean, these are the kind of events that I want to do. You know me. I'm like, let's do an evening that when people walk out of there after the experience, their comments are along the lines of, this is the most incredible evening I've had in my life. And that's that's what we're doing. You've, you've been to the events that I've done like that. Oh, yeah. We, we had some major events up in Ojai. Uh, with over 100 people, and people have literally, people were speechless. People didn't even know what to say. Um, also, we had uh, some events in San Francisco when we uh, started doing go activations instead of unconditional love activations, and that was such a major turning point that people were literally stumped um, because there was so much, and it opened people up to such a high extent that, you know, people were just speechless, and it was an amazing experience to uh, have been witness to that. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is what we do. Our, our guest tonight, in, in a little bit, is going to shed some light on, you know, the energetics of what's happening and, and how things are coming about and how it's all tied in together, but, you know, my my perspective and and what my life is about um and the people that I know are attracted to dream the biggest dream what it's about is stepping up stepping into playing the role that we as individuals came here to play and these kinds of events the ones you were talking about in Ojai and San Francisco I mean you know we've done 117 events in 87 cities in the last 19 months um it really is about just dropping the stuff that doesn't serve us and stepping into exactly the why of our existence, as I like to refer to it. And so it's incredible. Now, 
you know, Ilya, you, you sort of teased us about what an amazing week you had in the last week. Please, brother, enlighten us. Tell us. Well, um, one of the things that I have attended uh, was a full moon uh, ceremony uh, here in Brooklyn. And it was an amazing gathering of conscious beings. And the energy uh, that I felt was just so empowering and so beautiful. Um, And it was just an amazing experience to come together and meet like-minded beings. Uh, here in the New York area. Uh, when, I, when we first uh, were talking about this uh, with uh, Isabella Stoloff, you know, I was mentioning how I didn't know any conscious beings and like-minded people, and now I'm meeting all these amazing, great people here, and I'm just so, so blessed, so grateful, and so honored um, to have manifested and attracted these experiences. Now, Another beautiful uh, thing that has just manifested into my reality is an amazing dear, dear friend of mine that I have known uh, for quite some time now. And her name's Miriam Delcado. And we've recently joined forces. And we are developing uh, a project called The Great Gathering. And we've been uh, going back and forth Uh, for about a week now, uh, working on the Great Gathering radio show and developing uh, the Great Gathering website. And I'm telling you, it is going to be phenomenal. Uh, And anybody that uh, is interested, the website is not currently up yet. However, if you go to thegreatgathering.org, you can read what it's all about and uh, what the motive is for the movement. So I highly recommend highly, highly recommend you do that um, after uh, the show. So everything that's been going on is just so incredibly exciting and things are moving so fast, as I've just mentioned, and I feel that it will only get more exciting and just more joyous. So that's what's been going on with me, brother. (laughs) I love it. We got some great things happening. Now, tonight is... We have a we have a very special guest, and this is someone that you have brought into um, uh, the dream, the biggest dream world, uh, from your experience out in New York. So I'm, I'd like you to go ahead and introduce uh, tonight's guest. Great. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I met uh, this guest a couple of weeks ago um, at the Meta Center here in New York City where I attended um, um, an event where um, there were about four astrologers, and uh, this amazing gentleman was one of them. And after the event, I felt like from from the entire event, um, the most information that I gathered was from this gentleman. And he is an amazing being. He brings over 40 years of experience in understanding psychological applications of astrology on individuals, companies, countries, and cultures. Um, He lectures all over the tri-state area, including the United Nations, Quest Bookstore, the Eyes of Learning, um, the Center of Inner Wisdom, and many others. Uh, He's also a member of the National Council on Geocosmic Research. 
um, and she also has a radio show called Living Consciously on TalkingAlternative.com. And it's my pleasure to introduce um, an amazing being and a new friend, Monty Taylor. Monty, are you with us? I certainly am, and thank you for that kind invitation, Ilya. And hello, Dr. Dream. I'm so delighted to be on your show and share uh, the vibration of your listeners. This is wonderful, Monty. I am particularly excited to have you on the broadcast tonight. Um, did you know? Uh, I had the opportunity to do some research um, on you, and you are quite accomplished. And you know, I almost feel um, like the word "accomplished" isn't even a powerful enough uh, word for 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 all that 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 you have going on and all that you've done. Tell us tell us a little bit about um how someone gets to be in in the position that you're in and and so respected um and uh, you know well known and admired. Well, that's very flattering and I thank you. I think the answer is kind of simple. If you try as early in life as possible to be honest with yourself as to what your passion is, you're going to find that that passion you have is most often the doorway to the way the universe wants to work through you. I learned at an early age, through a lot of adversity and challenge, that yes, the universe wants to work for you, of course, but more importantly, the universe wants to work through you, and our job is to just get out of the way. So if my journey started um, at a very early age, I was a musical prodigy, and classical music was my absolute total reason for being, I thought, in my youth. And uh, I eventually became not only a teacher in university and things like that, trying to make classical music relevant to the public, but I found the way you get music to the public is to become an agent to do that. So almost overnight, my small agency, when I moved to New York, uh, mushroomed into an extremely active um, agency, and we were producing concerts in over 17 countries, Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, your own wonderful Hollywood Bowl, and uh, in those days, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, uh, San Francisco, etc., etc. And music is only a heartbeat away astrologically from spirituality it's one of the languages it changes your vibration look at how a music affects your mood this is showing you how the universe has a multifaceted different vibratory frequency through which it vibrates in our own level of consciousness and then what determines that is each individual's level of developed consciousness uh, expands him into being able to have the wisdom triggered within him. Because I like to say, oh, if you put it in a more religious way, we're all cells in the body of God. We're all little fractals and little pixels in the great big picture of the universe. And quite frankly, the longer I work at this through science, metaphysics, the arts, the more I find out that the universe is really learning about itself through us and the adventures we have, which brought me to mythology, which brought me to applied astrology. I've done astrology all my life since I was a small boy. 
But that's, in a nutshell, the wonderful, amazing adventure, which is mirrored for all of us back in those glorious myths that every culture produced. But the myth of Jason and the Argonauts is is one of the biggest. And I, I love sharing those stories with people, but to show them how they really make a difference in your life. You know, the great psychologist Carl Jung was uh, the Rosetta Stone for all of us in showing us how to use the language of mythology when we're talking about astrological cycles. I guess that's it in a nutshell, a rather big nutshell. Perfect. Now, I have a question. Um, Now, regarding astrology, you know, many people think, well, you know, here is my chart, and, you know, is this really set in stone? You know, is is this my path? You know, uh, so what what can you uh, say about that? Well, I'd like to, on that level, uh, say to the general public, astrology is not fate. That's the last thing it is. Astrology is no more fate than your DNA is fate. So let's look at your DNA. You have DNA from hundreds and hundreds of ancestors, and that DNA is a genetic wiring. Okay, now let's say that an individual carries the gene for genius or the gene for diabetes. Nothing in the world says that those genes are going to get triggered and manifested. You see what I mean? So it is with your astrological chart. Nothing in a person's astrological chart is more powerful than their free will. However, their free will is only as powerful as their awareness, and that is where astrology comes in. Because we have no problem now in this day and age that we live in of understanding how satellites work. However, if you told uh, stories about satellites to people 200 years ago, they would have thought it was witchcraft. So what we find is that these planets, these satellites around the Earth, actually are receptors and resonators like a satellite for different vibrations of radiation and energy that seem to be connected to the collective consciousness of mankind and the individuals in it. So, that's quite simply. Astrology and the where planets are today are only triggering potentials that are in your chart. Your chart is a living energy diagram. It's a unfolding conscious seed that's always moving forward and bringing more and more uh, through the law of attraction experience to you. And then the way you handle the experience determines whether you get stuck in it or use it as a stepping stone to a higher and newer perception of your role in the universe. That's really how astrology works, basically. So I understand that um, based on the location that I was born um, yes. and and the time and everything that I've got, you know, what what I came here for. I, I, I had a teacher back in um, in Sedona who um, uh, is an astrologer and, and even pitched a show to one of the networks called Dr. DNA because what he was able to do as an intuitive astrologer was to take a look at someone's chart without meeting them 
and list exactly what it is they're dealing with and what's going on. So much so that when I first met with him and he did my chart, I started crying. I had never, he didn't know any of this. There was no way for him to know all this about me. I was blown away. So we have that going on with with each of us as individuals, like our own stuff that that right. is then represented by, I guess, our individual astrology. But there's aspects of astrology that affect all of us across the board. Is that right? Right. Exactly. It works on many, many different levels. Sedona is a magnificent and very powerful place. I used to go there every summer for 10 years. Uh, doing a lot of my own research and studies. And um, the, the basic thing, yes, to an astrologer, when they look at a chart, whether they know the person or not, an accomplished, well-researched, grounded, serious astrologer, the essential elements of the person's character and the cycle of experience that they are in at the moment just jumps right off the page at them. And so, really, the you will find, for example, to overly simplify it, yes, astrology works on the individual level, and it works on the collective level, worldwide. And the culture people come from often uh, dictate the way that is understood. Because, again, we use the mythologies and heritage of each culture. Those planets are all the same planets. However, they have a different role in the collective psyche, let's say in China or India, than they would in California. So it's And it comes and goes in cycles, uh, like they're all wisdom. Uh, and um, so quite simply, yes, right now the collective uh, world is being uh, affected by the triggering of the entrance of certain planets into certain positions that happened 300 years ago. And it happens more or less every 248 to 320 years. And so right now you have the planet that rules collective uh, merging, such as um, uh, the stock market, that's a merging of energy in the form of money. It's also the merging of energy, psychologically speaking. And it is making certain aspects to the planet Uranus, which is about innovation and change. Now, here's what will happen. When you have massive transformation challenging the planet of innovation and change, you, something has to give. So this is where we learn that economic, political, and cultural mutations occur when evolution has been stifled with stuck energy. So we have been stuck for the last, oh, couple of hundred years in certain ways of thinking and being that are up right now for a major breakthrough. If you take today's major aspects astrologically and you graph them, you will with absolute precision find every 248 years a massive change happened. If you go back right now, you'll go to the American, French, and Industrial Revolution. If you go back 248 years before that, you'll have the Protestant Reformation that permanently changed the economy, the consciousness, and the law of Europe. If you keep going back regularly, every 248 years, you'll fall right into the middle of things like Marco Polo discovering China. Go back further than that, you will find the Crusades. Go back further than that, 
all the way right back to the fall of Rome and further. So astrology is like an amazing, one of its functions, it's like an amazing timekeeping, seasonal, cosmic, record-keeping timepiece so that you can predict. Now, that's the important thing in astrology that I try to tell everyone. Know the difference between forecasting and prediction. Forecasting, the weatherman says, it's going to rain. Prediction says, you are going to get wet. Well, if you listen to the forecast, it's your free will whether or not you get wet. And so it is with astrology. Does that relate? Yes, absolutely. Now, I want to talk to you about something that's timely, I believe, for all of us right now, and that's Mercury in retrograde. Now, this is... This is something that over the years I've preferred not to know about because in my from my perspective knowing about it seems to create more of an energy or attracting what Mercury in retrograde is. I've always found that if I didn't quite and these days I'm always knowing about it but back earlier if I didn't know about it it seemed not to really affect me and then we'd come out of it and people say oh we got out of Mercury in retrograde and I'd be like wow I didn't even notice. Nowadays it's so noticeable particularly right now. So so talk to us about Mercury in retrograde because here I am in in Orange County, Southern California in my nice house and and all this but but Mercury in retrograde is affecting, you know, everyone, people in third world countries in in yes. dung huts. So tell yes. me tell me about this. Well, Mercury goes retrograde 3 times a year, each time for 3 and a half weeks. If you add up all the days in the year, you will find that Mercury spends the same proportion of its time retrograde as the human body spends sleeping. When planets go retrograde, and all planets do go retrograde, some of them for up to six months, uh, and they go retrograde very regularly, but the way to use planetary energy when you're aware of it is to profit from the opportunity it gives you. So when Mercury is retrograde, put the prefix re in front of any word. Research, reorganize, reconsider, reproofread, rethink things. That's the purpose of it, so that you can reflect on the time speeding up, as Ilya said, the lives that we are living, and you get your bearings, and you get organized, and you sort of take care of things. It is not a good time, generically speaking, for starting new things and signing contracts. Why? Because this planet is um, associated with communications, writing, technology, broadcasting, publishing, you see. So now you're noticing it much more because Mercury affects the functioning of all machines from an automobile to a radio to a telephone, especially to a computer. So when Mercury is retrograde and you're aware of it, you know that that is not the best time to download new programs on your computer That is certainly not the best time to buy an automobile or a new computer or install new software. Why? Because you should be reflecting on these things and seeing what your needs are and how you relate to these elements in your life. 
So Mercury retrograde doesn't stop the world. Airplanes still fly. Stocks are still traded. However, usually they say, um, as a rule of thumb, contracts and agreements that you make during a Mercury retrograde period usually have to be tweaked considerably and rethought when Mercury goes direct. So Mercury will be going direct on the 26th of August. And yes, if you're living deep in the jungle, you're not dealing so much with computers and automobiles and things. So Mercury retrograde will not affect you the same way because of your culture. However, it's a funny thing because it can mix up your words and cause people to misunderstand you. So if you're living in the deep jungles of the Amazon, you might find that your neighboring tribe is misunderstanding your signals. You see what I'm saying? That's how it can Mm -hmm. go on that level. But it is certainly uh, having a field day with stock trading and things like that. The fact that the United States Congress arranged to uh, raise the debt ceiling was uh, so interesting to astrologers because they did that during a Mercury retrograde. So any astrologer is going to tell you, as soon as Congress gets back, they're going to have to start all over again from scratch and try to save face and get that all organized. A very interesting, very powerful Mercury, Mercury retrograde occurred during the first election of George Bush against Al Gore. Do you remember how it took like two months of recounting ballots and challenging things in court because that election happened during a massive Mercury retrograde? And it wasn't only Mercury retrograde happening at that time, but it was a strong element. So you see, that's the famous Mercury retrograde. If you used it properly, it's wonderful. Babies are born under Mercury retrograde. That makes them very deep thinkers. That makes them have an abstract ability to see all the facets of a situation and connect the dots. A lot of very good astrologers are born with a Mercury retrograde. I was born under a Mercury retrograde. So uh, in my personal life, I have a lot of trouble with simple mathematics like balancing my checkbook and things like that. But I'm very good at abstract math, you see. I used to have a big concert agency, and you could come to me and ask, how much will it cost to tour a symphony orchestra for three weeks in Europe? I could tell you within $5, but don't ask me (laughs) to write that down like an accountant, you see. That's the way it works. And in the mythologies, there's a side of Mercury that's called the trickster, where he gets you confused because you're getting yourself all tangled up because you don't have your communications within nice and clear. Does that help you lose your fear of Mercury retrograde? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't thinking I feared it, but maybe I was. And yes, exactly what you said uh, does help me. No one's really ever presented it to me that way. And and in the uh, consciousness of those that, um, that I experience in my life, I don't ever hear people referring to Mercury in retrograde in that way that serves people. And so this yeah. is the first time I've ever heard that. Always it was like, oh, no, Mercury in retrograde, this sucks. You don't want to do this, that, or the other. And no one ever said to me, hey, this is a tool, and here's how you can use it. So, I mean, if we get Absolutely. nothing else out of 
out of this broadcast tonight, Monty, you have highly affected how I move on from here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, my self-appointed mission is to demystify astrology and to stop people from giving their power away to their understanding of it, if they really did. See, planets do affect things on the Earth. People say, oh, don't tell me some planet out there is going to affect my life. Well, I will then say to them, the moon certainly affects the tides. It's certainly every single emergency room in every hospital around the world puts on extra staff in the emergency room during full moons. Full moons affect the fluids on the earth, the oceans, the sap, and the trees. That's why they say you plant gardens during a new moon so that the moisture and nutrients are pulled upward through the plant. If you plant everything during a full moon, that's when the uh, liquids in the plants or trees or vegetables start going downward and the plant is not going to thrive. Any farmer's almanac will tell you that, and it's certainly not the occult mysteries of some half-baked, you know, <laughs> psychotic. <laughs> now, <clears throat> all this brings up what I think is a fascinating question, um, and I'm sure that your answer will be um, just as fascinating as the question is to me. How's that for a, a segue lead-in to a question? <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, Here's what I want to know. Um, you are you are obviously passionate about um, about this about this perspective that has um, that that you have nurtured over the years. Um, right. And so things through um, the mythology, through the astrology, um, and connecting the dots as you do, things make sense to you. So here's right. my question for you. What is it right now that's happening in the world, in the United States, possibly just in your life, but, but in the bigger picture, what is it right now that is surprising you? Even, you know, I mean, just based on the planets and everything else and, and, and how you piece things together and how you, you connect the dots, what is it that is actually surprising you right now? Or is there anything? Well, yeah, one of the things surprising me is the passion of the status quo to go backwards. If you find the polarization politically, culturally, and economically in the United States, but in many countries around the world, you will find people are trying to become either ultra-conservative to the point where they actually impinge on the free will of other people, and the progressive mentality is so avant-garde and ungrounded that there is absolutely no balance going on. Now, this never happened before in our lifetimes this time around, but it did happen several generations ago around 1750, which led up to stuck energy of the Dutch East India Company and Parliament in England, which were all venture capitalists, uh, being uh, confronted with the revolutionary ideas of the uh, American Revolution. Now, so they did experience this kind of thing. So I suppose all astrologers have been expecting it, but we didn't expect it to be this intense. Also, I'm quite surprised 
at the strength of firestorm of fundamentalist religious thinking going on in every religion. Every one of the major world religions is going through some kind of extreme fundamentalist um, internal catharsis. Uh, And that's just simply the old status quo that can no longer serve evolution dying away, but it doesn't do so without a fight. And I just didn't expect it to be this dramatic. Mm. Now, you know, people talk about uh, October 28th and Carl Kalman's prediction on the end of the Mayan calendar and the end of the ninth wave. Now, how do you see all the all these things and leading up to October 28th and and beyond? Well, astrology is so comfortable with these kinds of questions because we've been here for billions of years and every single planetary body or star or nebula or asteroid has a kind of electromagnetic field or frequency that we could kind of call a a, a level of consciousness. Now, when we get certain planetary uh, energies in certain positions, in certain cycles, yes, we'll have a lot of earthquakes and tsunamis and volcanoes and earth changes. But, you know, that's, that's good for the earth in the long run because the tectonic plates have to move. So quite simply, with all of October 28th coming up and all of these things, it's like predicting an earthquake. What is an earthquake? Two tectonic plates have been stuck, grinding against each other instead of in a nice lubricated manner, sliding along cooperatively with each other until push comes to shove, and then you will have a very dramatic event. Uh, we recently, uh, I do an awful lot of volunteer work at the United Nations, and I lecture there quite frequently. And uh, last October, I brought all the Mayan elders up from Guatemala and Mexico and various places uh, to explain to us the Mayan calendar and the 2012 hysteria. And they were so comforting in saying that it is simply the end of a cycle of consciousness, not the end of the world. So when we translated their words from Mayan into English, we got the end of the world as we know it. And they say, simply that's it, the end of the world as you know it. Consciousness is going to come into a quantum leap forward, and we are about to enter a cycle of what we call the change of ages, great ages. They are uh, 2,600 years, and we're going into now the age of Aquarius, which will teach us all eventually how to celebrate equality without destroying individuality. So that's quite simply the same principle that's being applied to Waves of thought, cycles of change. I like to look at when people say waves, you know, they're cycles of change. But we are in massive waves of change with these three major planets, especially that are are making this very unusual aspect of themselves. So I tell my clients and my audiences, here's how to handle yourself and relate to the world around you. And you in California will relate to this very well. If you saw a surfer, trying to control the wave he was riding, 
what would you say to the surfer? Hmm. Ride the wave. You can't control the wave. You will ride the wave with your own skills. So we are going to be in perpetual, long-term, massive evolutionary change and flux. It's not bad. It's not good. It is what it is. So the personal lesson I'm learning from all of this is that change does not mean loss. It's change. Mm. Now, speaking of change, um, you know, there are a lot of people in the spiritual and metaphysical community that talk about a lot of esoteric phenomenon such as shifting into a higher density or a higher dimension and ascending yeah, into I, a new I, plane of existence. But yeah, yeah I, like I, to I totally agree with that. that. Well, okay. I think they're tuning into certain... Uh, there's certain planets that are, for want of a better word, associated with spirituality or consciousness of a cosmic nature. And then there are planets that innovate and revolutionize our way of seeing, feeling, and using energy in our lives. They are suddenly doing a dance together that they haven't done for a long time. The last time they did this little dance, we had the Renaissance. You see what I mean? Everything, because people were exposed to new cultures and rediscovering history. There's that reword again for Mercury Retrograde. So when you find we are changing density, we are simply embracing a new level of evolutionary consciousness. And since we aren't afraid to look at uh, sonograms and all kinds of medical tests that measure brain waves, well, that's exactly what they are. They're brain waves. They are frequencies. So the astrology of things functions very much like an MRI or an X-ray. The MRI doesn't cause what it discovers. But the person has a very different concept of their state of well-being as a result of the information the MRI brings them. So with massive waves coming into consciousness, they're triggered. Remember, planets don't cause things. They trigger evolutionary potentials. You know, once I was flown down to... um, lecture for what's that wonderful organization, FIONS, you know, the Friends of Noetic Sciences, etc., etc. And I was flown down to, well, I'll say the place, to Tennessee, and uh, they said, oh, Mr. Taylor, we hope you don't mind, but we must drive you six miles over the state line because it's against the law to give an astrology lecture in Tennessee, we could be fined $250. And, you know, amusingly, that's, that law is in many, many states. So I had to go over into the next state, six miles, and I had a wonderful audience, but a lot of them were from fear and trepidation. They came from old-fashioned, traditional, fundamentalist Christian backgrounds. And I'll never forget... Um, some of these ladies stood up and said, oh, Mr. Taylor, is Jesus in what you do? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I said, well, it took three astrologers to find baby Jesus, so I think he's quite comfortable with it. You know, <laughs> and if if you just start blending the perspective of cultures, you see, and even if you go into esoteric Christian teachings, you will see that uh, so much astrological symbolism is in the Bible. In fact, I just attended two weeks ago a wonderful lecture. A young man was giving um, a lecture on uh, of the uh, astrology and the first five books of the Bible, including Genesis and how many... See, there, there, there's so many coded references to it because people just very logically spoke. They spoke the language of mythology and uh, and prophets and prophecy and they didn't mean it like astrology and saying this is going to happen and it's died in wool, you know. Uh, it's it's simply that way of understanding that we're part of the universe that's in flux. We have an effect on it. It has an effect on us. As above, so below. As within, so without. And I think that's what you're going to find a bigger, deeper catalyst for our understanding of those things around October 28th. Hmm. Tell me about October 28th, as long as we're, you brought it up. Well, October 28th is just simply, again, some shifting of energies, you see, astrologically. I mean, I know there are many, many uh, esoteric prophecies going on and everything like that. But October, around October 28th, I always try to also take the all this precision and drama out of astrology. Astrology <laughs> doesn't work like a train schedule, you know? It's just like, well, if you're living in New York, it doesn't necessarily snow on the first day of winter. You look and you say, oh, my goodness, it's, it's the winter uh, solstice. It's supposed to be snowing. It's the first day of winter. No, you might have a mild tropical front coming up from Florida. Or you could be 30 days earlier in November before Thanksgiving and have a terrible blizzard. But you know more or less around that time of year, you're going to see snow if you're living in New York. Unless now we have our our perceptions altered by global warming, and, and which is also astrologically, you know, related. It's not, the astrology is not causing it; it's triggering it. So, quite simply, we are in many, many, many uh, pinpointed dates right now that people are using for um, a point of reference for the linchpins of change and evolution to be launched. That's really the way I look at that. Uh, it, it's it's quite um, you know recently. Do you remember about oh six months ago? I guess it was back in April. Everybody in the media was going crazy over the fact that there was a new astrological sign and that the zodiac wasn't correct anymore. Do you remember that? A little yeah, bit. I do actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it was going on all over the place, you know, because quite simply they were using a different system of measurement. Astrologers have known about the 13th sign since 326 BC when it was codified by Ptolemy. And uh, quite simply, uh, Eastern astrology uses something called sidereal time, where they measure the position of planets in relation to fixed stars. Whereas Western astrology measures the position of planets in relationship to our sun, you see? So quite simply, the New York Times called me up, and they were wanting to have, you know, some words of clarity on this. 
And all the astrologers saying, oh, this happens every 20 years. <laughs> Some astronomer, not astrologer, uh, in a, will start looking and using sidereal time, they call it, a different system of measurement, and they'll suddenly say, well, the zodiac is off. And I tell them, simply, if you put your finger vertically in front of your eyes, in front of your nose, about four inches, and you alternatively blink your eyes back and forth on a regular basis, it looks like your finger is moving. But is your finger moving? No. Your perception of where your finger is is changing. And that's what's going on. You know, here's you, your listeners might find it interesting. Horoscope means picture of the hour in Greek. It is the picture of the sky, the moment you were born, as seen from where you're born. And it can give you a good example of the way you are cosmically wired to experience your forthcoming incarnation. Okay, that's nice. The word zodiac, which everybody puts so much mystery on, is a simple Greek word that means wheel of animals. So when you look at the cycle, you have a wheel of animals. You have Cancer and Taurus and Aries and, you know, Scorpio and Capricorn, the goat, and all of these animals, okay? Well, in the Renaissance, they finally gave expression to the zodiac wheel of animals by inventing the merry-go-round. Now, what do you do on a merry-go-round? You get on a wheel of animals, just as you do when you're born, and every time you go around and come back to where you were, you can grab the brass ring of awareness on your birthday every day. Isn't that a fun way to look at it? Mm-hmm. 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 I try to let people realize that this is not something beyond their understanding. It's something quite natural. And people have known, mankind has known about it for thousands and thousands of years and astrology and the um, analytical predictions that it seems to give didn't come about from some kind of prophetic, mystical experience. It came from careful, analytical analysis of what happened when certain celestial bodies were in certain places. And it has just repeated itself infallibly for thousands of years. And that's really how it is. But it's triggering a potential. You see, if a planet's going to go through your house of job, let's say a very dramatic planet, all right, uh, and let's say your job is horrible, you hate your boss, you don't like what you do, you're only staying there because it has a good health plan, well, that's stuck energy. So certain planets are going to go through the house in your chart of job and encounter that potential, that stuck energy, and cause you either to get promoted or fired or some massive change to happen in your job. On the other hand, that very same planet can go through your house of job. And if you love your job and you feel fulfilled by what you do and you are being supported and recognized by your superiors, that very same planet is going to augment that and probably give you a wider perspective of how to do your job better. Or give you a raise. I like, I like, I, I, I like that, and I see how that works um, in my own life. Now, I do have a question. So, right. you've got um, people that are um, steeped in fear. Um, oh yeah. This, this is a little. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess this touches on on what you do. Here's my. I'm just going to ask a question, not not preface it. What 
what happens from your perspective, Monty, in all these changes with with the people that are that are just holding on so deeply to fear and not opening up to the fact that that the choice is theirs, the free will. Exactly. Well, the universe will crank up the motivational energy for you. In other words, if you're miserable, it will make you more miserable uh, until you can't stand it anymore, and you'll do anything for change. I'm so amused because I consider myself financially illiterate, and yet I have all these Wall Street people that come into my office regularly, and they keep coming back. I speak to them in my poetic language about evolutionary economic cycles and cultural effects of things, and they translate it into their vocabulary, and they're going up. You see, right now, astrology will tell anybody who is fearful about losing their job, astrology will say... Well, you're getting your identity from your job, and that has to evolve. Astrology will say you are more than your job. You are unbalanced. You've got all of your perception of who you are in your nine-to-five work. And whenever you get out of balance like that, you're going to have challenges. So astrology is right now, because of this dysfunctional days we're going through and the economics, Astrology says the only true, genuine security right now is in self-employment. There are no jobs because people are supposed to once again turn into their own creativity. You're too young, I'm sure, to remember, but back in the 50s when I was a kid, everyone had a lemonade stand. That's the way we gave ourselves a summer job. We would mow lawns or start a lemonade stand. Well, today, the lemonade stand is the website. And it is the freelancer. And this is the way you bridge the collapse of the structure of the economy. Not the economy, the structure of the economy. Astrology will say adamantly right now, calm down. This is not a sick economy that's going to recover. It's not. It's the end of an economic system that has become toxic and is imploding on itself. And just as you were saying at the beginning of the program how you went on this detox, well, if you don't do a detox the right way, you would prefer to be sick, wouldn't you? Because it can be very unpleasant. So Mm -hmm. we're in a massive economic, political, cultural detoxification right now. And that's all it is. But if you get your bearings, and if you know you're not dying of a heart attack just because you're fasting, (laughs) even though sometimes (laughs) it can feel that way to certain people, or you're dizzy, or you're lighthearted, or you're spacey, or whatever. No, it is a byproduct. It is a transitory phase you're going through. And that's how I try to get people to get out of the fear. Because, again, they're expecting loss. And change does not have to mean loss. I get that. I absolutely get that. So tell me, Monty, what are you telling um, like people in the financial community? Um are you know is it time to get out and look for something else are you i mean i don't know if you're if you take it to that step where you say well get out of the stock market based on what i'm seeing and get into you know metals or something like that but but what is your perspective on on how this is all going to move how we're going to move through it as opposed to being crushed by it well we're going to move through it it's going to take 3 to 5 years i'm sorry it will Some people will go faster than others. And all these Wall Street people come in knowing infinitely more than I know about money and things. And they totally agree with me. And they say I'm validating what they were thinking. 
quite simply, it, there's no strategy. You can't function and plan and micromanage your investments in a system that is collapsing. The structure of the investment world is mutating. The structure of the investment world is mutating. And if you think you can continue on in the same style and policies, you simply cannot. So you're going to find a period, the next stage is massive currency fluctuations with relationships to each other. Look at right now in Europe how they're all talking about the euro. The euro may go down because of the bankruptcies of Greece and Portugal and Ireland and all of these things. Well, the dollar is under pressure. They're printing too many of them. This is just quite simply chaos. But you know, I have a, a saying that I have over my desk. Chaos is the human perception of the divine plan. So we are quite simply in a massive structural detoxification of banking and finance. So I'm telling people, don't put all your money into investments. Keep your money liquid as best as you can until you can get the bearings of what you want to do to achieve your goals. Look at all the people 10 years ago that were told by their financial advisors that they were absolutely foolish if they didn't go and buy a house as an investment. And look what happened. You see, the structure of the mortgage and financing and property taxes and all the ripple effects of that started to change, and therefore everybody was caught. I have a client that went and bought nine New York apartments as an investment. Now nobody can buy them from him because they can't get financing. Or mortgages, you see, this is the structure. So just stop expecting the status quo to function the way it did. The detoxification will eventually settle, and you'll get your clarity. I got you. Now, Mm -hmm. three to five years, you're talking to me about, you know, three to five years. Won't I be a um, fifth dimensional being by that time? Probably, but you'll still be in the body. And our job is to bring heaven to earth, not escape earth and go to heaven, because what was the point of being here in the first place if we were just going to pass through like a train station? So (laughs) we wanted to leave the place better than we found it. So quite simply, yes, if we are, you see, when I, in my reality with what I do, especially with these amazing mythologies, which is beyond the scope of this program, but if you only could understand the way the collective human consciousness works and expresses itself through the symbols of mythology, you would feel so comforted. But when I hear fifth-dimensional beings and all of these things, to me, that is simply saying we are upgrading our own vibratory level of consciousness. Compare yourself as a fifth-dimensional being to a cell phone comparing itself to a telephone of the 1920s. You know, I'm old enough to remember you picked up the telephone and told the operator the number you wanted and hoped (laughs) people weren't listening in on the party line. So now we have cell phones that do everything but vacuum the floor. And I have my clients, I go into the waiting room, and they're sitting there, they're literally watching television and website programs on their cell phones, you see? So (laughs) 
I say, okay, this is my challenge to catch up with all the technology. It doesn't come as easily. I speak five languages, but technology is not one of them. So <laughs> that's what I would tell you. Yes, you're going to be a fifth-dimensional being, and you're going to go on and on and on expanding your infinite consciousness because we're all infinite beings. We are all part of the universe. Even on a very simplistic level, I, I remind everybody, do you know every molecule of iron, nickel, silver, um, anything, gold that's in your body was once in the sun. And when it exploded and formed the planets, then those minerals came out here. You see, and then we get them from the earth. Isn't that a fascinating little paradigm of unity that we're all going into? I think yes. it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're now, all really cosmic beings. Yes, Exactly. And speaking of the cosmos, you know, as we evolve into, you know, higher densities and dimensions, how do you see astrology evolving and changing um, as we evolve? Well, because these these planets have an infinite uh, spectrum of conscious uh, vibratory um, uh, vibration that they emanate, and we're just not right now evolved enough to get the whole spectrum of what they do. They're going to keep pace with everything. And then billions of years from now, I've forgotten, I think in about 37 million years, I think it is, the Andromeda gal- galaxy and our galaxy are going to collide. Well, now that's going to be a little tsunami of cosmic energy. So, <laughs> It's, it's all infinite, you see. The planets, if you take away the role of the planet as causing things and look at the planet like a brain cell that's firing electricity and chi and magic, and I have another phrase I love is the magic of today is the science of tomorrow. That's how I would say. Astrology will absolutely evolve one step ahead of us always and give us kind of a a guiding light on a dark road. Mm. I love that quote. I know. Absolutely. Now, one thing that I really want to quickly mention are asteroids. And uh, not many people even are familiar with asteroids, but are they relevant uh, in our chart? Yes. Some of them are. I think right now at this point in time in our civilization we are understanding um, energy a little better, and we can see now, simply from repetition and regarding and observing, that asteroids seem to also have minor roles in vibratory influence. Um, So the asteroids, yes, I'm not talking about little pebbles and things like that. I'm talking about larger asteroids, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there are, I use five asteroids in my own work, you know, I use Chiron, I use, well, he's not an asteroid, he's a planetoid, but I use Ceres or Demeter and Athena and, uh, Hera Juno and, um, Demeter, you know, they all have very strong, uh, they carry a mythological message, And the more you start getting into the perceptions that Carl Jung opened up for us, you start understanding they make total sense. It's it's really not a a mystery at all. As I say, we're out to demystify all of this. I was reading an interesting um, research paper the other day by a scientist talking about 
uh, different um, plant teachers, medicines. Um, yes. Psilocin, psil- uh, psilocybin, uh, mescaline, DMT. And right. uh, this particular researcher was talking about how vitally important it is for people on the planet at this time to be working with those medicines, with those plant teachers. Um, sure. Now, with I, I want to hear from you how you weigh in on that because the mythology of it really plays into this, doesn't it? Well, certainly astrology is nothing but symbolic language to explain something we don't have a vocabulary for. That's really what mythos is. And when you look about plant energy, well, look at the great work of uh, homeopathy. That's all plant energy. Look at Edward Bach, the great, uh, you know, the Bach essence remedies. I'm sure you've heard of those and many more. Mm -hmm. Anything that's alive or even crystals, they carry or embody a frequency. Uh, And they can change the way your body processes energy negatively or positively. You have to use them with informed observation, you see. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a chemical shift. The body is a physical, electrical, chemical entity. And when you understand that, you can understand how flower essences, plant essences, how people can relate to plants, I have a fascinating book that I read, um, and I wish it would come out and get popular again. It's called Light and Plants. And uh, they discovered that plants do have a consciousness. You know, they did all these experiments, and plants will respond, for example, to the frequency of music. And certain music, like heavy metal music, will kill a plant. And Mm. certain music, like Mozart, will make a plant thrive. Why? Because the sound is consonant and harmonious and equal-balanced, and it doesn't have this energetic, free radical nature to the sound wave, you see. Now, when you look at that, sound is nothing but light slowed down. Isn't that interesting that sound and light are the identical same thing, just at different frequencies? I, I like think that. that is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, plants and plant teachers, that's why I think the Earth is crying out to us. You know, the Earth has a consciousness, too. All planets do. If planets have energy, so does the Earth. Um, you know, it's quite fun. If you lived on Jupiter or uh, Venus, the Earth would be in your astrological chart influencing you. You see, it's very interesting. Oh, right. Uh, but look... Yeah, so look at right now all of the the new rage right now. Um, as an older person, I look at it with amusement. Everybody's into ayahuasca and all of these things now. Well, of course, they're frequency alterators. They will alter your frequency. And you can use it and have great insight and inspiration. You know, the same planet, Neptune, for intoxication, uh, is the same uh, planet for inspiration. Uh, Mm. It's just the way you use it. That doesn't mean if you drink a bottle of whiskey, you're going to write a symphony. But (laughs) it does. (laughs) Like George Bernard Shaw, he said, you know, I drink to make other people interesting. Because it changed his (laughs) viewpoint of them. (laughs) It was changing his perspective, you see. (laughs) So that's that's really, you know, uh, that's that's my response to the uh, major movement 
of all this plant consciousness and everything that is, I think, very valid. Because, you see, we are getting ahead of ourselves before we're ready to use it. Uh, on what do you mean? All of this. Well, you know, look, we're in the, we're inventing pesticides. We're inventing all of these genetically engineered foods. And we don't really understand yet. We're going too fast to understand the way it's changing the consciousness of the plant. Mm-hmm. You might be creating uh, monsters from the botanical point of view. Now, that's another fascinating thing about astrology. You know, we will, we always, con- you know, discover new planets. Uh, but when human consciousness is ready collectively, globally, to embrace the energy that a planet embodies, then and only then is the planet physically discovered. A quick example, the planet Uranus, which rules innovation and rebellion and revolution and all of these things, was discovered, and electricity, and it's one of the nuclear energy planets. It was discovered in 1743, and we immediately discovered uh, electricity that year, and we immediately followed with the American French Industrial Revolutions. Now, can you imagine if they had discovered the planet Uranus back in the Crusades with the nuclear energy and all of that, what would have happened, <laughs> you see? And every time Uranus comes back to where it was when it was discovered, we have a bump upward. You can look and you can see the evolution of cell phones. Go back. You'll see the evolution of computers. Go back. You'll see the evolution of the telephone. All of these things. All when this particular planet hit a certain point, you see. So then we discovered uh, Neptune in 1853, and that triggered mysticism, that triggered chemicals, that is the planet of illusion. It triggered uh, French Impressionism, for example, the Impressionist art movement, which is very dreamy. It also, uh, everybody's grandmother back in those days had a home remedy that was containing opium and laudanum and everything you can imagine. That it, it, it controls mind-altering drugs, you see. And that planet is right now going back into Pisces for the very first time, and it rules Pisces, and it hasn't been there since it was discovered in 1853. So you are seeing a whole new role of mind-altering substances coming in, both through prescription and not, uh, worldwide, globally. It was triggered. It wasn't caused. Right. Fascinating. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, so now, a planet has a frequency just like a planet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, you know, just in my own experience, my pendulum has swung, you know, from one end of the, the spectrum to the other. I mean, what got me on my path of conscious awareness are the plant teachers. Um, in my book that I'm writing, you know, there's a chapter on mentors, and other than a few people, that that chapter is about the plant teachers and and what was shown to me in my experiences. And then I've swung the pendulum the other way and not done anything for, you know, years. And then it goes back and it's it's an interesting process for me um, to watch what's going on. It's become particularly more interesting in this conversation, hearing that there's, you know, the planetary alignment is affecting what is triggering me, not causing me yes. to change my pendulum or, or lifestyle mm-hmm. or personal habits or anything. I, I, I love that. So right. th- 
this is but, all nice and validating for me. Well, an astrologer would tell you that if this information is, and interest and passion is coming back to you now, uh, after a while, it's not that so much the pendulum was swinging. An astrologer's view of that is that very likely certain planets are coming back to where they were the last time you discovered this and those mentors. And by the way, astrology, I love the word mentor. You know, a mentor really doesn't teach you anything. Uh, a, a mentor helps you understand what you already know and evolve with it. Mm, I like that. That's, what, that's the difference between a mentor and a teacher. A mentor understands your knowing and your ability to process what you are a natural, have a natural affinity for and guide it for you. That's a mentor. It's interesting because um, in you know we mentioned 117 um, facilitated uh, events, experiences in the last 19 months. What, right. what Illy and I, as we were doing those, all we said was, we're not here teaching people. We're here reminding people. Sure. You're acting like planets. You're triggering their potentials. You're giving them a catalyst. You're mentors. Now I have a I have a very serious question here. Sure. <laughs> if you knew me, you would chuckle when I say that because uh, I don't get too serious. But Pluto, planet or not a right. planet? Well, that's just simple human folly. Okay. <laughs> a rose is a rose is a rose. Do you know Gertrude Stein? She wrote that famous poem. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the planet. In fact, don't fool around with planet, uh, Pluto. It's the most powerful of all the planets in terms of uh, the unconscious and the triggering of transformative energies on the Earth. Uh, and uh, in the mythologies, Pluto rules the underworld, and people forget. Now, look what mythology can teach you about your own unconscious. Pluto rules the underworld. His name means hidden riches or buried treasure. When a human died, they went to the underworld, and in the underworld they found a place called Elysium, paradise. That was in the underworld. Olympus was for gods. And then there was Tartary, the not-so-nice place. So if you're in the mafia, you went to Tartary, and you were perfectly happy because you were with your own vibration, and you were perfectly at home. But the fields of Elysium, the famous Champs-Élysées of Paris, were in the underworld, now, this planet rules psychotherapy, it rules investment, it rules sacred sexuality, it rules merged psychological unity. That's a big phrase. So, it's like homeopathic medicine. You know how homeopathy works. You dilute something until it's practically invisible, and when you've diluted it a thousand times, it's ten times more powerful than it was before you diluted it. Well, I think Pluto kind of works that way. It's simply like uh, using two different systems of measurement to see where, which planets are in which signs. Well, what's your definition of a planet? That's all they did. They didn't change what Pluto was. They changed their definition of what Pluto was. Pluto is Pluto. He's always going to work powerfully within your, <laughs> your psyche and your awareness. Mm. Now... Yeah, no, you took me right there, and in a really beautiful, gentle way, you put me in my place. <laughs> well, no, you have a place. You're a sovereign being here, you know, and you're influencing all of us just through this radio show, you see. It's brilliant, you see. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have something to uh, kind of share and uh, see your perspective on it. Uh, I remember when I was attending your uh, workshop, you were talking about how we can use our astrology charts um, for many things, for when we started certain projects or for our pet right. season. So um, yes. what what are some of the interesting things that we can use astrology for? Well, every single thing that has a beginning has an astrological chart. Companies have charts. Governments have charts. Uh, banks have charts. Marriages have charts. Um of course, the birth of a person has a chart. So you can look at it. But, you know, then you have to look and say, what chart am I using? You see, for example, there have been what? Like 150 different governments in Italy in the last 200 years. So you use the chart of the government or do you lose the chart of ancient Rome? You have to know what you're doing. But, for example, uh, a lot of astrologers will say when you use the United States birth chart, are you using the chart of the Declaration of Independence? Are you using the chart of the formation of the First Continental Congress? Or are you using the chart of the reunification of the North and South when it once again became a resurrected, reborn, recovered country after a fragmentation, you see? So uh, everything does have a chart. When you buy a stock, it has a chart. And if a person is over 35, they have 19 fully active charts going on in their lives. And uh, you have to know how to use the right chart for the right thing. Uh, So don't get overwhelmed. People like me, I've studied astrology. Oh, my goodness, I've done it for 46 years now. I have to keep up with my bio. Uh, But it's (laughs) it's an evolutionary thing. It's like speaking a language. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, Right now, for example, one of my Wall Street clients, he says, Monty, I want to come in next week, and I want you to get the the birth chart of the Federal Reserve and I want you to take my chart, the birth chart of the Federal Reserve, and the United States chart, and I want you to compare the three of them together. Okay. So that showed me how will he feel with investments domestically in the United States because he was very seriously thinking of shifting all of his investments to other countries. So then the astrologer can look and see what other countries for this particular person uh, will work best or be most harmonious, you see. So, yes, astrology can... Now, it won't dictate. Remember what we said from the very onset of the program. Astrology won't dictate what will happen, but it'll certainly give you the lay of the land. It'll certainly be a very good, insightful understanding of the way you will relate to something. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you for that. You know, sometimes astrology just amazes me, and it's so far ahead of our understanding. You know, every house in your chart, those are those 12 different segments in your chart. They're called houses, and they all rule about 500 different things, and you have Hmm. to know how to integrate it and blend it. All right, so I always wondered why the house that rules your health also rules pets your dog, your cat, whatever, your llama, whatever you have as a pet, all right? (laughs) So um, then, finally, recently, it came into very common practice. There's something called pet therapy. 
wherein they're bringing kittens and puppies into the chemotherapy wards for small children or senior citizens, and there is this therapeutic well-being of the pets, you see, in your life. And uh, other things that they're doing now, you can see on on uh, TV shows and documentaries, uh, there are dogs that can smell cancer uh, tumors before they manifest. And they oh. bring them in just like they bring in the drug-sniffing dogs. Isn't that fascinating? Astrology yeah. knew that thousands of years ago. <laughs> We're wow. only discovering it, you see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. This is... This is really something. Um, I'm, I've I've learned so much just in the short amount of time that that we've been on tonight. Um, we're getting near the end of the program. Um, I do uh, have a question to ask you uh, at this point, sure. and then we'll we'll get into uh, some details on um, on some of your offerings, where you're going to be soon, if you do any one-on-one or consulting with people, how they contact you, and so. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, but here's my question. Right. Here we are. It is August 16th, 2011. Um, right. Things um, in my own personal experience are not settling down, if anything, just the opposite. And I love that. And, right. Um, I used the expression before, pedal to the metal. That's certainly what I'm doing with my own personal development and evolution. I would like to hear from you um, how those people that are listening to this uh, broadcast who are energetically attracted to this information, and and so I I figure we're sharing a a similar resonance and and perspective. How can we make this time, let's just say the next 18 months or the next three months even, um, more, uh, more comfortable? And when I say more comfortable, I guess I mean in in a uh, in a process of of creating more of a smooth transition, transformation, whatever it is that um, that we're all dealing with. What what advice would you give us? Well, in the big general sense, what I would tell everyone: uh, a series of my lectures is called the Astrology of Self Empowerment. Learn how to create the events in your life rather than just administrate what happens to you into some kind of understandable format. Again, go back to the surfer on a wave. The surfer is riding the wave. He's not controlling the wave. And the wave at the same time is not dictating to the surfer where he's going. He can steer. He can do all kinds of things. So here's a new thing we are trying to assimilate and adjust to now psychologically on the collective level. Humankind, in my opinion, is coming to the point where we're learning not to define ourselves by the external conditions and events in our life, but by the knowing that we are indeed creating our own reality and it's being mirrored back to us through other people and events. That's the holographic universal concept. So to make things smoothly, you used a a phrase uh, earlier, pedal to the metal. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to say, sure, put the pedal to the metal, but be careful you're not driving your Ferrari through fog. (laughs) I find out what everyone's (laughs) trying to do right now 
Uh, and fog is a very apropos, uh, you know, analogy because Neptune's involved here big time for the next 15 years. It's, it's softening things so that we can't take such dramatic action, you see, and have the results happen. But I always tell what's going on right now on the planet, it's as though we are having an energetic storm in our consciousness collectively. We are having a tsunami, a tornado, and a hurricane. And everybody's out there trying to paint their front door. This is not <laughs> the time to do that. <laughs> so to be more graceful, understand that we are in a massive rapids, like shooting white water rapids, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people think that's fun. I think it's highly stressful. But if you <laughs> want to get in and get shaken around, but here's the trick to white water rafting. When you're going through those turbulent waters on your little inflated lifeboat or whatever it is they take with your guides, you have to be in the moment with total awareness. If you're distracted and wondering what's around the next curve or what happened just, you know, uh, two minutes ago, you're going to be in the water because you're not going to be able to be riding that amazing wave that your life called a surfboard, cosmic surfboard, is is riding. So if you stay in the moment with awareness, don't people think staying in the moment means burying your head in the sand and hiding. No. It means go out and put your face to the wind and absolutely look at how it can fill your sails in your own consciousness and go through find the excitement in the stimulation that can motivate you to make the necessary changes and releases in your life. That's how I would counsel people to do that. Mm, I like that. I mean, just the energetics of what you said make me feel good. Sure, of course, because it's natural. (laughs) Even nature tells you that. Just look at a babbling brook, you know. Uh, It's whitewater rafting. That's what we're doing. That's what Jason and the Argonauts is all about. You see, Jason was searching the golden fleece. That's the symbol of the human persona, the the search of being, the search of the pioneer. He was on a boat called the Argo that actually had consciousness and could talk. And so we are all earthonauts. We're on this planet barreling through space at millions of miles an hour. And the fascinating thing is all the Argonauts, there were 53... They weren't your local tradesmen and sheep herders. No. The uh, the Argonauts included people like Hercules, Orpheus, Hermes himself, uh, Hephaestus, uh, all of these amazing, amazing. The, the Gemini twins, Castor and Pollux, these were the Argonauts. And so that whole allegory is showing you that you have guides or mentors spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally on this planet and in multidimensional realities that are helping you navigate your journey here on this amazing ship called planet Earth as we go through the cosmic seas of the universe. That's what's going on. Perfect. Monty, I want to um, have you uh, tell us what you've got coming up how do people contact you? Um, is it just the Wall Street folks that get to be one-on-one with you, or, or oh, can anyone? No. I want to uh, tell I us. Do, tell us. <laughs> I, I do telephone readings 
from people around the world, from Buenos Aires to New Zealand to Paris, you know. Uh, you can reach me if I can get my telephone number. Uh, always leave a message. I rarely pick up the phone. So leave me a message at 917-836-6023. I used to have websites. In fact, I had four of them, but I decided they only attract crazy people. So I find it made it very commercial and very mechanical, and so I like the organic conversation. But if you do want to send me an email, it's quite easy. It's my name, Montgomery Taylor, and it's Montgomery Taylor 22, my lucky number. And that's at nyc dot rr another dot com. Okay, Montgomery Taylor 22 at nyc.rr.com. And I'll be very happy to get right back to you with any questions you may have. That is so perfect. Monty, I want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to be our guest, for sharing in a way that that I learned so much tonight. <laughs> um, well... And, uh, I'm appreciative of, of, of you and what you do and of your sharing. Why, thank you so much. The pleasure is mine, and it's a joy, and I'd happy be happy to come back to you anytime, and I'll have to have you on my show. <laughs> I, I would love it. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Yep. And thank well, you from, from thank me you also, California. And thank you, Ilya, for being the catalyst for this, and I hope to see and speak with both of you soon. Absolutely. I'll look forward to it. And just um, tying up a few loose ends uh, here at the end of uh, the the broadcast, we have quite a weekend coming up here in Southern California, if that's where you happen to find yourself, uh, Friday night at the Temple of Visions in downtown Los Angeles with Portal to Ascension. We are doing the Cultural Healing Celebration, and it is a benefit for a community garden, a community garden in Los Angeles. So this is going to be quite an event. Starts at 7:30 and I will be doing a ceremonial opening performance with Alexandra Samuel to open up the event at 7:30 on Friday. And then on Saturday in Malibu at an amazing mansion almost up in the clouds with a view that's just outlandish, incredible. Uh, we have an event called Circle of Check. It is music for 24 hours from Saturday at noon to Sunday at noon and then Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We stop the music for a half hour and we do a universal love galactivation. Um, and so certainly this will be um, quite the event and I'm all excited. These are the same folks that put on um, all the Vortex parties, the Orange Vortex that we did recently. So excited about that. And then... Burning Man, check us out. We've got the Dream Dome, and we're excited about that. Thank you all so much for being here with tremendous love and gratitude for your showing up in my experience. Thank you. Share all the love you have to share. Good night, everyone. Blessings, everyone. Have a good night.